So now we're going to get to a really fun discussion. <laughs> and we want to talk to you, Linda, about your career and your career path. So um, I want to bring you back to your college days and you were in college and you're studying. What did you think you would be doing after school? And did your career go in a straight line in any way, shape or form? <laughs> the, the answer is no. <laughs> no, it didn't. And I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, I, I often describe myself as uh, an, a, a truly, truly ordinary woman who has lived an extraordinary life. And I have been so fortunate to have had so many wonderful opportunities. But in college, uh, I knew only one thing. I knew that I was intrigued with politics and I enjoyed political science. And that was my major. And uh, I practiced political science. Um, most people use it to go on to law. Um, I was interested in that, but more importantly, I wanted to be a practical um, political campaign manager, which I was. So I managed political campaigns. And uh, once I uh, managed my first winning congressional campaign, of course, then everybody remembers you. And I was the only woman uh, and 25 years old at the time wow. um, managing a campaign in the state of Washington. So I enjoyed uh, a brief career, uh, about four years, managing political campaigns for a living. Uh, but then I transferred into uh, another aspect of political activity, which I found very exciting as well. But ultimately, I found out that I wasn't a mercenary. It's just that simple. I just couldn't work for anybody for any reason. And uh, that, was a, that was a pivotal moment for me. And so uh, I had to make a career transition. And I decided to start my first company, which was a meeting and event planning company. And I, and I loved it. And I was successful enough that somebody in the uh, state of Washington wanted to buy me, buy the company, uh, and they did. And that gave me the opportunity to be a little um, choosier in the next decision I made. And believe it or not, I went into a field that doesn't quite frankly pay well, but is a lot of fun and very satisfying. And that was hotel management, hotel sales and management. So, I mean, I've worked, you know, aboard the Queen Mary and I've worked at Disneyland Hotel and I've worked for Hilton Corporation and uh, Aircoa. Uh, I, I really had a lot of fun moving north and south for my work. And then I transitioned into destination management and marketing. Uh, and that is managing the destination reputations of the city of Oakland, uh, Long Beach, California, also Tucson, Arizona, and Arlington, Texas. Oh. Um, and in all of those situations, Angela, the dial turned again for me when I found myself becoming very involved uh, and, you know, engaged with the economic vitality of each of those communities. And so I was involved in some very big deals um, and uh, including among them working with Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys uh, team uh, to build the new stadium in Arlington, Texas, working with the Texas Rangers on their new stadium, that kind of thing. And once I, once I discovered the, the full scope of economic development work, I became just passionately 
um, intrigued by it and dedicated to it. And so I really have developed uh, over the course of the last 20 years or so, uh, an understanding of what it takes for business attraction, um, what it takes for business growth strategies and retention, um, as well as workforce development, working with startups and entrepreneurs. And one of my favorite things, which is foreign direct investment. And uh, I, I've just, like I said, I've just had an extraordinary life and uh, a, a really an opportunity to meet amazing you know, people like you uh, with you know global connections that have made me look really really smart. <laughs> <laughs> but Linda, what that says to all everyone, all all of our listeners here is that you pivoted. You you started one place and you saw what you liked, and then you moved on to another, saw what you liked, and then you ended up finding after a whole series of jobs that you enjoyed. It sounds like you really enjoyed them, but found you really your passion. So we shouldn't be afraid of that big world out there. No. And I think, um, again, if you knew me and knew me really, really well, um, you know, I'm not not 100% confident all the time. I'm not walking around full of bravado and full of myself. And, you know, I, I, I have my insecurities. Uh, and I will tell you what I do really well and what I and, and what I do marginally well and what I don't do well at all. That, I think, is part of the inventory that you take. And then it's not about hugging the shore um, or staying, you know, staying docked. It's about having the confidence in those areas where you know that you can go toe to toe, where you are really good at what you do, and then finding those industry sectors or verticals um, that are going to appreciate that, that are really going to put it to work. Uh, and that's how I've come to a point where I'm, I'm quite thriving because I have found those areas and I am considered a thought leader um, in those arenas. And so there, it's very satisfying and I can deliver a good result. Well, you know, we had a, um, a board meeting once where we talked about all of this. It was a board enrichment session, how we have to know where our strengths are and what, we, what we're good at and make sure that we focus there and not something that we're not good at because just because we think we should be and we're not going to be, we're going to fail or we're certainly not going to excel. Let's put it that way. So it sounds like that's exactly what you did. You just thought you figured out really, really what your let's, we like to say it was called no big deal thing. What, what is easy for you? And that's what you focus on. So that is really, really so interesting. And I hope inspires our listeners to focus here and don't be afraid to try new things. Tell us about mentors in your, during your career. Have you had any important mentors? I, you know, it's interesting when people ask me that question, because I I know I'm going to sound, I'm going to sound a little woo woo when I say this, but Angela, you included um, everyone that I have met uh, in my life, more than superficially, of course, but everyone that I've met in my life has served as a mentor in some way, shape, or form. I Just from the brief acquaintance we have had, I have learned new things from you, which have better informed me and the decisions I make in my work. I have found that to be true 
with a great many people. Sometimes they're small things. They just maybe spark out, you know, I hadn't thought of it that way. And sometimes they're large things, which is, wow, I hadn't thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. And, but they're all valuable. The mentors that I think have had the most influence on me um, have, been, have been people that have said things that have been memorable. I shared recently, for example, at a Girl Scouts OC event Mm -hmm. that Congresswoman Bella Abzug, um, recognizing that I was struggling at 25 years of age to ask for money for a campaign from men two or three times my age, she said, never be anything less than what you are. It will only bring misery and disappointment to you and those around you. And I found that just illuminating because we women try too often. I don't see it as much in men. It's if if for some reason, it tends to be a gender specific trait that we try to be everything to everyone all the time Um, that we want very much, you know, to please this person or to please that person or to be right at, you know, uh, with what we say at the boardroom. And, and I, you know, I learned from that, that we can't be wrong. We can't be wrong if we are true to ourselves, if we are authentic, true to ourselves. That does not mean being disrespectful. It doesn't mean, you know, uh, being, you know, outrageous. It just means being true to yourself and having the courage of your convictions. And it was a game changer for me. And I think it will be a game changer for a great many women if they look at their daily career through that prism. Well, you've presented some really fascinating perspectives on all of this. And, uh, you know, we've done many of these career perspectives, career journeys, but you're really bringing some fresh ideas here, which we really appreciate. So, Linda, what would be one piece of advice that you would hand to not just people starting out in their careers, but perhaps people that are well into their careers? You know, I think I thought about this because there were, I I had done a commencement speech for Webster University and, and I looked at, I looked at it again because I wanted to see if just, if I could say just one thing, there were so many things but I, I'm sensitive to this because of the point in my career uh, where I'm considered an older woman in the workplace. I want people to know that age does not define us. Our state of mind defines us. So when we talk about the intergenerational work that we, that we need to do, there are currently at least five generations in the workplace. Let us, let us not find that an, imped- an impediment. Let us not find that a barrier. Let us find that to be an opportunity that our state of mind needs to make adaptation to you know, not only current events and scenarios and activity, but how other people see things. That our state of mind, you know, I, I assure you, I am not my age in my mind. I am always learning. I am learning something new every single day. Linda, you are an inspiration. And I hope that this podcast is listened to 
by all of our members and all of our contacts and all of our mailing lists because it's been fascinating on both sides, both hearing about your work at Octane and also hearing your perspective on uh, careers and career journeys. So we see our sincere thanks for taking the time today to, to help all of us. You are very kind, Angela. Thank you. And ditto back to you. You're such an inspiration. Thank you all. Thank you.